0: In the late noughties, the Fate of the Jedi novel series continued to push the adventures of Luke Skywalker and co into the future, and introduced new adversaries in a long-lost tribe of the Sith, cut off from the galaxy since the Great Hyperspace War. More than 2,000 years of the tribe's history would eventually be told in a collection of short stories and comic miniseries. series Those stories were published under the umbrella title of Lost Tribe of the Sith, and we're going to talk about them today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast, the only library in the galaxy where returning books late is punishable by being fed to a sarlacc and slowly digested over a period of a thousand years. That'll teach you. Uh, I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynor, and I'm pleased to have back with me this week resident legendary librarian himself, Jesse Gardner. Hi, Jesse. Hi,
1: thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, it's good to have you back, Jesse. It's it, it's been a, it's been a minute since uh, since we had you on the show.
1: It definitely has. Uh,
0: I think that I think and certainly the, the last time it was just the two of us on the show, we were talking about cross currents, the the Paul S. Kemp novel. Sure. It opens during the Great Hyperspace War, but courtesy yeah. of that hyperspace incident and some dark side crystals mm-hmm. carries that conflict between ancient Jedi and Sith all the way yeah. forward into the uh, sort of st- shortly before, I think, the, F- the fate of the Jedi series. Um, but today we're talking about Lost Tribe of the Sith, which, which kind of shares a jumping off point with cross It which- does. It.
1: They, they start at the same point. The Sister, the omen and the Harbinger
0: yeah exactly and that's another reason why i think we wanted to talk about that novel so early on in this kind of chronological trot through the legends timeline because actually cross current cross current does a bit more of the heavy lifting actually in terms of the setup here (laughs) Um, uh, because as as we talk about as we'll get into with the first story in in this series it really opens in the thick of it and you don't get an awful lot of the backgrounds straight away um so, yeah, let's give folks listening a wee bit of background on this. We're talking today about the Lost Tribe of the Sith series of stories, which is comprised of eight short stories, uh, a novella length story uh, and a comic miniseries, all written by the great John Jackson Miller. Uh, the original eight stories were originally published as eBooks between 2009 and 2012, before being collected and published in paperback as Lost Tribe of the Sith, The Collected Stories in 2012 no hardback release for this one this is one of those ones in that era i think of the expanded universe where there were a lot of paperback only things starting to drop there um Next. the the novella length prose finale pandemonium uh, was first published in that paperback edition and in the same year we got a follow-up miniseries called lost tribe of the sith spiral as um, well as we've mentioned already, the initial premise is going to be familiar to anyone who's read Cross Current or who at least uh, dived into our episode chatting about Cross Current. Uh, the first story in the series opens with Captain Yaru uh of the Sith mining ship Omen struggling to regain control of his ship during and after that hyperspace collision that in Cross Current would send the other ship Harbinger thousands of years into the future. Uh, Omen avoids a similar fate Here, uh, but does crash land on the remote planet of Keshe, populated by a suspicious and hierarchical society called the Kashiri? The original eight stories more or less come in pairs, with sort of larger time jumps in between each pair. So, I mean, I I think that's probably as good a structure as any to try to dive into this. (laughs) Um, There's there's quite a lot and quite a lot of characters, and you know, there are literally thousands of years of drama here. Um, So, let's get into it um the first pair of stories then uh are titled precipice and Skyborn. uh they're both set uh in 5000 years uh bby before the battle of yavin uh and they cover some really internal conflict between the stranded sith notably between captain corson and his brother devore uh divorce wife sila is immediately set up as, as this sort of quite typical wily Sith schemer. Uh, Many of the crew, the sort of the the Corson family included, are humans, uh, regarded as lower caste in the Sith society, uh, but the red-skinned Massassi warriors who survived the crash quickly succumb to an unknown disease, leaving only a handful of Sith and and, uh, other non-humans in the party. Um, Skyborn, then the second story, introduces us to Adari Val, uh, a sort of happily widowed Kashiri native who, courtesy of an inquiring mind and sort of interest in geology, is kind of branded a dangerous heretic by her society. Uh, I guess, because her studies with geology call into question some of the foundational myths of their culture, um, you know, this idea that their world was created by an ancient race called the Skyborn. Uh, but when a diary stumbles across the Stranded Sith, she finds herself at the centre of the Sith's plan uh, to not only thrive um, to, sorry, to not only survive, but to thrive on the planet of kesh And that's just the first two stories. And it feels like there's a lot in there already. Um, <laughs> so Jesse. What about Precipice, then? Did this story grab you right away? Is it a good launch pad for the series?
1: It really is, yeah. I mean, you it starts very much mm. like in the vein of A New Hope. They're crashing. You know, it's like, boom. Mm-hmm. You started right in the middle of it. Yeah. And I love that. You know, you, you yeah. don't really know. Well, we know what's going on because we've played current. But you don't really know what's going on. You just know yeah. there's a ship full of Sith, and they're going down. And, you know, I, I, I liked it. A lot of great characters with yeah. Corson and his brother, Yaru, and you mentioned the name, but I forgot the name of his brother. Just that the drama is really well uh, d- done. Devor, Devor,
0: Devor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yaru and Devor. I like that the brother relationship in there. Even though it ends fairly typical yeah. of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: it, it, it's, it's a really effective effective opening insofar as it, it's all it's all action yeah. but there's plenty of character in it as well you know it, 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 you're 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 learning the characters through a whole ton of drama and a whole ton of action straight out of the gate whether it be the crash or then immediately this kind of conflict between the two brothers um yeah. the, the, the the ends that the ends with corson essentially killing his brother and chucking him off the cliff yeah. um the, the, the they're, they're both up on the mountainside investigating the uh the ruin of the ship which is sort of precariously balanced at the top of this mountain basically yeah um and uh and then that conflict is sort of unknown to them at the time unknown to corson at the time um witnessed by Adari but Val, uh, who, who's yeah, actually, yeah, the Kashiri, who's out on a um, on on a trip on one of these winged beasts, the Uvaks that that, that that they travel on. But a really solid opening, I thought. Uh, just just you know, one thing that when John Jackson Miller is is a fantastic author, but something he does I think really well in this series of short stories, um, is really embraces that short story story format. You know, they are each each of these original eight stories come in what four chapters they're, they're, you know so they come in yeah, they each come in sort of four sure. nice yeah tight tight chapters it's
1: very digestible yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it's
1: good so Fun. yeah
0: it's great it's great something that stuck into that, that popped into my mind and we talked about this when we talked about cross current um lightsabers they've They've got lightsabers again. Yeah. you know, we, 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 we We talked about this in the context <laughs> yeah. of uh, Cross Current, where, cross-current where the, the, sort of the Sith antagonist there was a fallen Jedi, Say is. And we've, we kind of explained away his lightsaber because, well, he, he used to be a Jedi and he's got a light. That's why yeah. he's got a lightsaber because, he's uh, to, as uh, we yeah. know, in those original Golden Age of the Sith. Full of the Sith Empire comics, the Sith don't have lightsabers.
1: Yeah, I could completely miss that until you had brought it back up. They did talk about
0: the Lingam crystals
1: are, they're four lightsabers. Yeah. And so maybe this was the beginning, like, you had the, the Jedi, former Jedi, who are Sith now, maybe it's, they were bringing the lightsabers to the war, and that's why the Keshiri have them, or the, the Kesh, yeah. the tribe. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't really yeah. <laughs> explain it. My head canon is okay say yes and caution yeah. we're bringing lights to um Nagasada is that right
0: yeah i, I yeah, yeah yeah so it's Nagasada i I think it's set it's set up in the novel cross current as um they're bringing the Lignan crystal going to deliver it to Nagasada uh who's yeah. currently engaged at the Battle of kirek which we saw in in, in those comics or yeah. some version of it in those comics um so I, yeah, I think Paul S Kemp's version of it cross-current is is vague enough as to what in what way those crystals would be used. It might have been some sort of more general to enhance the dark side sorcery or something yeah. but equ- equally I I think the reading you sort of inevitably come to here is that I guess they were using them for the lightsabers otherwise we don't really know where the lightsabers yeah. came from.
1: Yeah. Probably. <laughs> They're still
0: using lightsabers 5000 years later. So yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah. How did you get on with the Sith aliens here in, in Precipice? Do you do you enjoy that sort of, the, 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 the red skinned Sith alien guy? I do.
1: I do. I didn't at first. Like, at first, I had a diversion yeah. to them, and I couldn't really tell you why. I, and, but upon my return to Legends and rereading all the material, I've enjoyed the, yeah. the Sith species quite a bit more. Um, it's kind of interesting to think that the, the following that I. You know, they actually mastered the Sith, I think. And then... It's just there's a yeah, lot of good lore it, behind
0: it. Indeed. And, and various writers over the years have done an interesting job smoothing out that lore, you know, uh, and, and sort of unpacking it in a way that kind of works. Um, so so the, the the very first version of the the ancient past, uh, sort of the dark, dark Jedi and Sith that we saw was... Some flashbacks and tales of the Jedi that showed sort of very human-looking Dark Jedi as kind of the problem, you know, with sort of re- wielding red lightsabers and, and yeah. sort of wearing kind of very Vader-ish samurai armor. Um, but then, when Kevin J. Anderson decided to go back and do the, you know, the, the Golden Age of the Sith and the Fall of the Sith Empire he brought these red skinned aliens and you know into play uh, and that very different aesthetic it's like no there's no lightsabers they've got pikes <laughs> and spears yeah. and swords um and, and sort of so over the years you know the, the lore has built up i guess that okay so it was sort of largely human dark jedi who conquered this red skinned alien race who called who were called the sith but over time you know interbreeding occurred and to what emerged was this sort of the red skin sith race that that we that we know and um they they had an empire that expanded and uh actually conquered worlds where there were humans who were slaves and at the end of the great hyperspace war they took twi'lek slaves and other races back as slaves as well which is why in some of the old republic material when we go to places like drummond cass there were twi'lek slaves and you know even because even though the sith empire's been in hiding there are yeah. sort of other species from around the galaxy in, in the mix as well yeah uh but, but then sort of yeah i think so and then of course the red sith aliens sort of the red skinned sith aliens kind of disappear over time in the in the galaxy at large and it's, it's one of the more fascinating bits of this yeah. series of stories for me seeing that happen in, in microcosm with the lost tribe of the sith you know so so, so in this first yeah story, yeah, in this first story, Precipice, the Massassi warriors, the sort of the, the Massassi warrior cast, they are just in, their biology is just incompatible with the atmosphere here, and they just die really quickly, uh, leaving what's known yeah. as the Fifty Seven. So these Fifty Seven other Sith, uh, led by Ravala, I believe his name is, uh, and okay. that in and of itself provides some interesting story beats and interesting drama yeah. as as we go through. Uh, and as that little sort of power struggle plays out between humans and Sith, um, that, that sort of is alluded to slightly in some of the other material out in the galaxy at large in this era, but we're kind of seeing it happen a bit more closely. It's a bit more under the microscope here, than actually, than, than we've had it, um, as far as I'm aware, in sort of the, the, the other old Republic material. Um, well, what about Skyborn then? Skyborn introduced. Adari Val and and the Kashiri culture, I I love the world building here, uh, and I love Adari Val's character. How did you get on with that, Jesse? I have the same. I you know I yeah.
1: really liked her. I liked the idea of the heretic, for you know the just, just she's got a brain and so heretic. I really yeah, it's, I, I got along very well with it, and you know I cheered really, it too. I was I had been a yeah. little more familiar with them from the Fate of the Jedi. And it's kind of fun. I have a really basic version of this history. They give you like a chapter where a couple of people talk, and yeah. so I really like getting the the in depth look at it. Is there is the yeah. history? Yeah, I
0: mean, th- th- there are things here in the uh, the backstory for the Kashiri culture and the religion and the superstitions that they've got. That some of that stuff obviously gets co opted by the Sith really early on here, but some of it really comes into play all the way at the end in yeah. things like the spiral comic miniseries and i was not expecting that and yeah. we'll, 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 talk, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it um yeah no i, I love the diary val as a character i, I love that she you know she literally has people standing outside her house throwing stones and you know she's opening the door and picking up the stones because they're interesting <laughs> specimens she gives zero shits about you know about upsetting no. these people um <laughs> which is fantastic and, and yeah. you know and she's you know and they're, they're probably also upset that she doesn't particularly mourn her dead husband who she she clearly thought he was a bit of a jerk oh yeah but, you know, the, the bonus is she gets to keep his winged beast yeah. so she gets to go off on jollies looking for nice rocks you know she's kind of living her best life to the is, is it her mother or mother-in-law i can't remember it's this, this sort of uh, there's a mother figure um, there, a grandmother. It's her mother, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. her mother, is it? Yeah, and her mother's literally yeah. tearing her hair out. It's just, you know, um, this really fascinating stuff, really interesting, humorous, but still, you know, the, 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 there's lots of stuff there is driving the driving the action forward, and then obviously she comes into contact with the the, the stranded tribe and. Um, I guess she takes advantage of the situation as much as she is taking advantage yeah. of, we in a, a way. The, the Sith see their opening. A lot of you that. Know?
1: Where you know, we, we see people definitely taking advantage of, but they're taking advantage right back. That's kind of. Yeah. It's nicer to see, I guess, when people are using each other than just somebody getting used.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can't I can't think of anything more yeah. Sith probably. Yeah, you know. It, it it's gr it it's it's really good stuff. Um although I think I think sort of ultimately the, the readers sympathies I think generally lie yeah. with the Kashiri in in the in the in the balance of all of this, Kashiri. you know. I,
1: I like this set more than the the Bane or the One Sith. They're a lot more more dark yeah. that I like because of the Kashiri. They didn't you know well they conquered them. They also they intermingled with them, which you I there's yeah. a little less Sithy, but also a little bit more. It's <laughs> the simplicity to it.
0: Yeah. The, 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 and there's there's an interesting sense that they're building their own version of Sith civilization. Yeah. You know, they're they're not just repeating what they know and I I guess that's most apparent maybe with <laughs> Characters like Sela, in, in my mind, here we're probably moving on to talk about Paragon and Savior, and um, the, the third and fourth stories, respectively. Um, characters like Cila, um who is at the outset married to Corson Yaru, Corson's brother Devor, but when he is killed by by Corson by Yaru Corson, um, she marries Yaru, kind of as, as a sort of political political yeah. alliance situation as much as anything else you know uh, and she has a real chip on her shoulder about the red-skinned Scythian race who who sort of basically lorded it over the human slaves you know the, the basically humans were like a sort of like slave caste in the empire uh, and she's got a real chip on her shoulder about that so it, it, on the one hand i, I sort of I, I can sense that the the civilization the tribe is building here is consciously different from that but then i look at the way she treats her kashiri <laughs> slaves you know and she is horrible you know um particularly in in paragon uh the third story so so let, yeah let's let, let's dive into. i'll give you a little i'll give the folks listening a bit of a little pressy of where we get to with paragon and savior uh so with paragon we jump 15 years to find the sith living this privileged life uh, as kind of the new elite in kashiri society um you know unbeknownst to them the great hyperspace war out in the galaxy is over yeah <laughs> you know and the sith lost um and, and the Sith Empire has gone into hiding. No one is looking for them. Uh, in Paragon, we, we spend a lot more time with Sela. Uh, now married to Corson, as we said, more for political reasons than anything else. Uh, she's totally contemptuous of the native Kashiri and uh, she's contemptuous of her husband, uh, but reserves this sort of special hatred for the red skinned still. But of course, they're having problems. Um, they are not able to procreate on this planet. Mm. Um, which may or may not have something to do with Sila's scheming. Um, and their numbers are numbers are really dwindling uh, among the stranded tribe. Uh, and then the next story after that savior, the fourth story jumps further forward to further ten years uh, and sort of brings that era, this initial era of the tribe story to a close. And the focus there is all on succession. You know, they've been on the planet for twenty five years. Sila's scheming culminates in this attempted coup led by Jaria, the son she had with Devor. All those years ago, um but I guess they haven't accounted for a plot among the Kashiri themselves uh, or indeed for Nida, the daughter of Corson and Sila so let's chat about Paragon first um much of this one spent inside Sila's head and you know her contempt for the red-skinned Sith drives much of the scheming and action in this one um. And as I've said before, I don't think we see or hear much about the decline of that race out in the galaxy at large. There are a few little pepperings of there being a conflict and sort of power tussles in the background in like the Revan novel. You know, there's this undercurrent of the kind of being a a human resistance, that kind of thing. Um, But here we are kind of seeing more of that decline, at least in microcosm here on the planet of Kesh. How does that story work for you, Paragon? where you know, Sila's scheming comes to the fore and that conflict with the redskins it was to the
1: really fore. dark with <laughs> like I, yeah
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: really I remember reading it and being really just surprised at just how dark they went i it really worked for me she was just bitterness drove her like her that was like her defining character yeah. and just everything that she did i don't want to spoil it for the listeners but holy cow like she she's probably the most evil yeah. sith in this whole book just all of her and her machinations, she does it like she succeeds in what she sets out to do other than her yeah. chosen successor like it's a heck of a heck of a good story
0: it it it's astonishingly yeah. dark know. <laughs> when you when you stop and think about the things that you know that she's done and then the things that it strongly implied yeah. that she has done um not not least vis-a-vis the the sith and the crash um <laughs> it's, it's, you know uh, um she's a very very yeah. bad girl um but you know mm-hmm. and i guess uh, I guess it's, it's, it's probably light spoilers. We're, we're talking about stories here that cover thousands of years, so no, nobody's making out of yeah, this no, alive, but... <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> but you know, it, it's fair to say that there, there is a moment of reckoning in in yeah. Savior, the fourth and final story of this kind of opening arc, as it were. And um, the the just desserts for Cela, I find to be quite quite yeah. enjoyable, yeah. actually. It it it's a very very nasty and fitting end. Um, it, insofar as she just ends up suffering yeah. quite a lot for a long time yeah. on her own, you know. Um, w- w- which yeah. I really enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, so uh, sa- Savior, as as we said, the focus there is on kind of this idea of succession. Um, Yaru Khorshen has kind of kept kept his own succession plans quite private. Um. You know, uh, he he's he has decided not to sort of make his first his, well, Jariad isn't even his firstborn, is no, his Son is actually steps the steps son of brother. Devor and Sela Um but I guess you know, he he's yeah. the oldest child in the Corson yeah. line. And um but Sela and Corson have themselves had a daughter in Nida. Um all of this stuff for me was kind of pretty good Sith versus Sith okay. scheming and action, and you know, there is action. You know, there's lightsaber battles, and you know, it, you know, if you're into that sort of Sith on Sith lightsaber action, it's, it it's pretty good stuff. Um, not um, to say nothing to say nothing of the wider scheming around it and how then things wrap up. Uh, but it was nice to see the native Kashiri strike yeah. a blow, too. Um, yeah. Are there any highlights in there in this one for you? Any highlights? Not.
1: Oh, jeez. No, I want not not to be a dinner, but no, like the really with short stories I find a hard time picking songs, just the whole thing is so easily digestible. I find a hard time pulling an individual yeah. thing out of it. But on it honestly, just her her venom from the first part is just beautiful. She is perfectly encapsulates the Sith. And yeah, her justice desserts at the end of it. <laughs> Would be a beautiful aren't they yeah. beautiful
0: I, I I did yeah I, I had to cram uh, a lot of Wikipedia reading in to to prep for this episode because I just didn't have time to read all of these stories again but um, I did as I was flicking through the book as well I did stop and savor <laughs> some of those moments actually this afternoon um, and it just reminded me how beautiful and perfect um her just desserts actually. Were. i did the
1: wikipedia thing too i read of four of them i yeah. read four over this last week i read mm-hmm. the first two yeah and then in the middle i forget what the name of them we'll talk about those next and then the very final been a bit of a stretch yeah. in between reading yeah. yeah yeah i need to go
0: yeah i'm probably only a few months mm. off uh, a few months out from my last reading of these so i'm i you know i felt fresh but as i came to sort of think about the chat tonight i thought oh no i, yeah. I need to revise and I, I need to rev-. and you know as, as we said off mike before we started recording not least because every couple of stories you've got this massive time jump and suddenly you've got a cast of characters and i i realized that i couldn't actually call to mind the names of some of the characters from from sort of some of the stories that i'm towards the end that i'm less certainly less familiar with so one thing, before before we do, do uh, deal with that time jump, one thing that I did really enjoy with um, Paragon and Savior. Paragon ends with, it is mostly seen through the eyes of Sela, but then at the end, we get this little nugget where we realize that her long-suffering manservant is actually a part of this resistance movement, and he's just, just biding his time, gathering the intel, feeding it into the, into the movement, and Adari Val is very much at the heart of that movement because she realizes the mistake she has made by inviting the Sith into their homes, basically, um, and, and is trying to come up with some solution, try, trying to fight back in some way. Yeah. And then 10 years later in Savior, that plotting, the Kashiri's plotting to strike a blow comes to fruition when they, um, with the Sith tied up with all of their own scheming and infighting, they take advantage of the situation and take as many of the winged Uwaks out of the equation as possible by basically sort of leading them on a forced migration (laughs) across the sea as far as they can go. Um, and, and taking themselves a, a large chunk of themselves and the beast just out of the equation. Um, so that's kind of where we leave things uh, at the end of savior. A lot of the theory have gone. They've taken a bunch of the winged beasts with them and the the caution line is coming to an end. Essentially. Um, there is a successor standing at the end. Um, spoiler alert if you really don't want to know you know go read the stories they're they're short and yeah. digestible
1: um
0: but it's it's a need a caution uh of course is the last person standing at the yeah. end of all of that basically um but as we find out in the next couple of stories um her, her line didn't last too long either mm. so, so let's talk about the next two stories purgatory and sentinel these both take place in the same year and uh th- th- this is john jackson miller i think cheating slightly insofar as this is really one story but he's, yeah. it's just twice the length of the other ones um so they're, 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 they're split into two stories each of the same sort of four chapters long and they take place in the same year they one flows on exactly from the other um so with purgatory and sentinel we're taking our first big time jump more than a millennia actually uh to the year uh 3960 bby um by this time out in the galaxy at large uh tales of ulic caldroma nomi sunrider have come to pass the Sith War and the rise and fall of Exar Kun has happened. Uh, a, a Padawan called Zayn Carrick has been cleared of murder, uh, and a Jedi known as Revan has fought a war against the Mandalorians and won. Uh, yeah. Here on Kesh, uh, Sith society has sort of stratified into sort of a Force-sensitive elite, and these are the lesser, non-Force-sensitive who so farm the land, etc. Uh, need a caution uh, without an heir at the time of her death, instituted a succession on merit system, uh, with a grand lord to be elected from among the seven high lords of the tribe, and that causes obviously regular amounts of infighting <laughs> among the Sith. Um, it's a terrible idea, um, or maybe it's a classic Sith idea, you know. Oh, yeah. The, the strong will survive, the strong will lead. Um, the, the, the plot of these two stories, um, Purgatory and Sentinel, really focuses on Auriel, um yeah. or Ori, a, a highborn Sith brought low by a power play among the council mm-hmm. uh, and her friendship with the, this mysterious farmer, Jelf. Um, yeah, there are, I mean, there are two big things going on here. One is all the politicking and plotting, the assassination attempt, all that good Sith stuff. Uh, I'll with this new cast of characters and uh, it took me a little while to tune into the new characters just for the time jump and whatnot. The other thing here is the revelation towards the end of that first story that Jelf is actually a Jedi shadow, uh, a Jedi formerly in the employ of Krinda and Lucy Andrei and Dre yeah. and their covenant of Jedi seers from the Zane Carrick starring Knights of the Old Republic comic and he's wound up stranded on cash as well. What were the chances? Um, what, what did what did you make of this one Jess or these two i, I really
1: these two were probably i don't want to say my favorite but i liked it because it
0: was smaller
1: like we had the the romance and i liked seeing ori you know this mm. i forget the name of the brothers who brought her low at the end of the story you know they come yeah, this pass they were like you want you want this guy you want this this low nobody you can have him but you got to be a low nobody not too and you know mm. it just I, I liked the uh, the love story. That's what it was. It was a love yeah. story between Jedi.
0: No, and that that, that is something that I did not expect to find in this collection no. of short stories about the Sith.
1: No, I didn't either. Mm. Did not expect to find a little bit of a this good, not good romance, a good romance. Yeah, which is fun for Star Wars because we don't get a lot of good, good romantic stories in there they're they're yeah. in there but not a lot yeah yeah i like that and um even though there was the ooh, he's a jedi and he's got the ship oh spoilers <laughs> <laughs> they do you know after after all of it you know finding out about the sith and blowing those guys up that was just great so yeah i really did enjoy those too what about yeah. you
0: yeah i i know I, I i i loved it i absolutely loved it um I guess I. It was the, I guess the first time in these stories that I kind of thought, "Ooh, what are the chances? What what a coincidence that this <laughs> that this Jedi guy who who has a backstory that connects to one of the few other stories that we've got from out in the galaxy at large, um, sort of ties into that." But um, you know, Star Wars is full of cosmic coincidences. And yeah, I. I I, I can buy that Palpatine somehow returned. I can buy that <laughs> Jelf somehow find himself, you know, uh, a, a Jedi shadow on the run and, and stranded on cash. Yeah, and falling in love. It's a, it's a great story. And, you know, it, it is a love story, but it does, it's chock full as well of that sort of Sith scheming and politics and assassination attempts and action. Um, a couple of great stories. And, and again, I think particularly after the last couple, the, the preceding couple of stories, which yeah. themselves had that time jump in between, um, it, it was nice to have eight chapters dedicated to essentially the same story. So it, it, it had kind of a bit more room to breathe, I yeah. think, in a way as well. You know, So kind of, I, I guess, it, it, in a way, a nice little change of tone and a nice little change of pace, you know, which as a collection of short stories, it kind of, I, th- I think it, it needed you yeah, know, They it didn't need it. need it, but it certainly helps. It certainly helps. It, yeah. they, some, of the, some of them feel different, right? You're not just mm-hmm. reading the same thing over and over again with the same kind of pace and rhythm, you know? This would be the heart of the story, of the Lost Tribe of the Sith. Yeah, for sure. And what did you? how did you find um, picking sort of the Sith civilization, or the tribe's civilization up again, sort of a millennia down the line? Did you find that int- had it developed in interesting ways, surprising ways? Yeah, I, I do had I did have a little bit
1: of foreknowledge because I'd, I'd read the Fate of the Jedi, and so I knew. Okay, so is that
0: something that's seeded there?
1: So I, I I knew where they ended up, but not quite how they okay. collected there. So that that was kind oh, of yeah. fun. Yeah,
0: so I guess you, as right these off. stories wind on, as these stories wind on, you kind of get to see those jo- those dots being joined. Yeah. You kind of oh. knew. Yeah,
1: they do leave out a few fun things, so I was rather surprised. So that's that gets okay. That that's later on where the surprises come from. Yeah, so we'll yeah. get there. Absolutely.
0: All right, so let's think about uh, stories seven and it, uh, pantheon and secrets. And again, this is another instance where it's two stories set in the same year. Um, so it's really one large story and one larger story rather so eight chapters across the two stories Uh, and again another massive time jump we're jumping almost another millennium now to 3000 bby i mean at this point we don't know much about what's going on in the galaxy at large uh this is kind of slap bang in that pretty big gap between the end of the the old republic massively multiplayer online role-playing game and all of the tie-in novels and comics around that that's all finished Uh, And then Knight Errant and the Bane stories are kind of a couple of millennia in the future yet to come out in the galaxy. So what on Earth was going on in the galaxy at large at this point? We have have no idea. It's like the Dark Ages or something. Um, But here here in Kesh, we've got this Sith civilization that's kind of in in decline in almost every sense, you know, there are seemingly countless factions at play uh even the great infrastructure of more successful times is literally crumbling you know there's there's this scene early on with the main character Werner hiltz or varner hiltz walking to work and literally the aqueduct above him crumbles and crashes to the ground you know yeah. uh, they just can't they just cannot maintain the former glory of previous of previous eras and you know, he varner Hiltz, this interesting character at the heart of these stories calls this the time of the rot you know which yeah. says it all. Um, so Hiltz, he he's like the caretaker of the Sith's historical records, kind of an archivist or librarian, I guess. Um, and when a recording revealing the Sith tribe's true origins, uh, basically as human slaves to the red skinned lords, uh, emerges, uh, the already, already sort of fractious and factionalized population erupts into violence. Basically it's a free for all. Uh, and perhaps I guess the only thing possibly that might unite the tribe now is a revelation that spoilers comes at the end of these two stories to the effect that perhaps they're not quite as alone on cash as they thought they were. Um, so we've got another big time jump here. New characters again. New era for the tribe. Um, h- how did these two work for yeah, you, Jess? This
1: was the I'm the least familiar with these, but I did again. I enjoyed these. I, I like Hilt, and I like that we stick with him for a good little while. Yeah. And um, I I forget the name. She becomes his wife eventually. Eliana. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the characters quite a bit more, as much as I did with Caution and. Yaru back in the beginning. Yeah. So the story itself, not, not, not so much, but the characters. more.
0: Yeah. Warner Hiltz is a really interesting character. And, and again, it, it's one of those nice things about this collection that John Jackson Miller decided to keep shaking it up and keep and introducing very different flavors all the time. So Hiltz is kind of he's not your average scheming Sith. You know, it's kind of like he's almost a bit above it, you know, um, the, the, yeah. the narration talks about he's kind of he's a rare base, you know he's a sith who's lived to old age because he's not He sort of he's important enough to have an important role but not important enough for anybody to have wants to kill him <laughs> you know <laughs> um so you know he he's he's older and wiser than basically everybody else around him he's you know
1: actually quite a bit with um sith archivists. now that i think about it you've got the yeti not the yeti the, the neti in red yeah. harvest other instances with older, it seems like the Sith respect history. Yeah, and you get a little flavor of this that.
0: Yeah, and I guess that idea sits at the heart of this, doesn't it? You've got all these factions who are champing at the bit to get their hands on this this recording and sort and to control the narrative around that for, for their own ends. So you've got like uh, the sisters of Sila, who, who revere Yaru Korshan's wife Sila, uh, the scheming, awful person that we know—we know how awful she was because we read the stories. But you know, the, 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 there, there are groups yep. of people here um, who, you know, idolise her and have an idealised version of her in their hearts and minds, uh, and they want to tell—they want to cap- recapture the narrative around this testament of caution and um, and sort of make it fit, suit yep. their ends. Um, as to the, you know, there are other factions that kind of clump around like there's the factions sort of for the or the non-humans or people who are sort of deformed or don't fit in you know and and, and they kind of idealize is it Gloyd and Ravalan some of the non-human figures from the ancient past you know so they've all kind of they've yeah. all latched on all these factions have latched on to different characters that we've read about in the you know in sort of the early early stories here yeah. um and that's fascinating to me. It's like, oh, you know, isn't it fascinating the way history gets twisted and perverted? And these people haven't got a clue about these, what these people really like, yep. you know. But they have these versions of them yep. in their hearts and minds that they hold up and you know use for their own ends, which is really fascinating, juicy
1: stuff. Yeah, and we, you know, I like that. It's very, it's a very human thing to do, just to take somebody and idolize them and say, well, 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 they did this, so they must have been a, you know. A good person, or they must have been like this, and like we have no, you know, you don't. They couldn't have any idea, or if they did, they were totally wrong. Yeah. I just yeah, the distortion. It's a very city too, you know.
0: Absolutely, uh, and then at the very end here of that final one of the short short stories, um, we do have that revelation where um, Varner is in he he makes a pilgrimage back to the the hulk of the omen the crashed ship way up there on the precipice and they discover something that corson knew but had kept secret yeah which is that actually there's a whole other continent out there folks and it's much larger than our one and you know i do, I, do, I can't remember if, if it's sort of implied that they're not alone or or not but certainly, there's going to be motivation there going forward for the Sith yeah. because they've always struggled for resources on this tiny continent that they've got, you know, it's very hostile inaccessible. So why they had to use winged beasts to get around, etc. Um, so the race is on, I guess, from that point for them to yeah. somehow travel the ocean and um, and see what's over there, well, which which leads us into Pandemonium, which. Um, was the, was the first of these stories to not be published as an ebook. Um it debuted in the collected paperback uh, and it's uh, not a sort of a four short chapter effort it's um, yeah. basically a novella length story um, set a further 25 years ahead in the future so we are now at 2975 BBY um, uh, and this sort of prose finale sees us pick up, finally, the story of Adari Val and the Kashiri who fled on the Uvax all those years ago, um, a couple of millennia ago now. Um, They uh, seemingly established a thriving civilization on the larger continent. They've been building up their defenses, remaining vigilant against the Sith invasion, which they expect imminently all the time. so we've got three with a slightly expanded sort of got more room to breathe here. It's a novella length thing. We've got three main point of view characters here. We've got uh, Quarathin, and I had to look these up on Wikipedia, Jess, because I had forgotten them.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not just
0: remembering this stuff. Uh, Quarathin, who's a Kashiri woman who serves uh, in the Defense Forces on the coast. We've got Adele uh, Vry, who's a Sith High Lord and the inventor of the gas filled airships. That the Sith used to reach this yeah. new world. Sith blimps, and uh, we've got Grand Lord Varner Hiltz back again. Now, a very old man, with his younger wife, Iliana Hiltz, who was the former leader of the Sisters of Sela. Sela, um, as we mentioned, and um, there's really, I, I really like their dynamic. Actually, it, it does remind me of Sela and Corson. You know, um, yeah. you know, he is waiting for the day when she will stab him in the back. Um, but but she sort of kind of loves them as well. Is it really? It's kind of a funny thing. Yeah, she's a little kinder than Siva, a little less. Yeah, she she's easier to get on with. Um. But anyway, anyway, how was, was this a satisfying sort of finale to the prose story well, for you?
1: It absolutely was. You know, we had been. I had actually forgot that they'd taken off. It had been a minute since I'd read that, and the whole. I just I I again the machinations yeah. that Hilt does. Just beautiful, he, you know. For and that's you. I don't. I'm gonna take a minute to articulate this. I like Hill because you know, for a historian, he knows how to use a, what what he's learned. You know, he he knows all of it, and he uses it very appropriately. Yeah. And I I forget the name of the lieutenant that he throws at the cashier because he's you know he know he's aware of what's going on over there. I think.
0: Yes. He's
1: like these. They're gonna hate him. Yeah. So I'm going to send him to attack, waiting for it, and then I'm going to come save them from that attack. Yeah, and it's just oh, I, it was very, very well played. I, I like watching, I like watching his machinations throughout
0: yeah. this. But, um, yeah, so the the final plot that the, the, you know the final we is that Varnerhilt pulls um, by. I mean, it's straight out of the Corson rulebook, in a way, it's straight yeah. out of the Corson playbook. Okay. Uh, basically. Co opting all of these old stories again and sort of even dresses up like an ancient deity and sort of you know, sort of coming in and sort of you know, um, sort of the, there's the, the newmont where he, you know, he manages to stab his commander, his field commander in the back or has, has somebody do it for him, he's not that guy, um, yeah, but then stops the fighting, sails in on his airship dressed to in this sort of finery as a deity and. Basically presenting himself as another sort of almost spiritual figure for them. Uh, and yeah. I, I couldn't help feel sorry for the Kashiri all over again. It's like, you know what, you're falling for this shit again. Right in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely an interesting um finale. And again, really nice just to, to to mix up the pace and the rhythm, you know, with a sort of slightly longer form take sure. on it, you know. So there's there, there, there's a there's a conflict and an action-adventure plot here, and, you know, it's just got a lot more room to breathe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's um some dark
0: side healing
1: in there that gets... We don't get a lot of that in Ooh. Legend. No. She, um, I forget, the Kashiri woman, she heals her friend. It's very... I went back and I went, wait a minute. Because, mm. you know, we have Kate Walker who can... And I think Hugo Damask. And that's it for dark side healing. Yeah. But she says she uses talent to bring him back and i went wait, wait and so i it just it was such a throwaway line i had to go back and go yeah. back and that uh, that's what me um, amongst all of all, all of the the action and adventure was just her saving her her mistress that's not the right term um i forget
0: no, yeah. So she she she's married with kids, but she's having an affair with this soldier, isn't she? J- J- Jogen, yeah. Jorgen, Jogen? yeah, something like that. Jogen, yeah. yeah.
1: Her forced talent, save him. And they went yeah. So that that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, classic John Jackson Miller. Insofar as you know, really fascinating, interesting characters. Just lay, just lay, layered characters. You know. She's she's a married woman with three children, but she's having this affair, and there's just other personal drama yeah. going on that feels totally at home. It doesn't feel like it's sort of, it doesn't feel soap opera or doesn't or like it doesn't belong in Star Wars. Yeah. It, it just slots perfectly in. It's just interesting flavor and texture to the characters, yeah. you know. Even though they're Kashiri, it makes them a little bit more human. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so then finally. Uh, in the same year, 2012, that that collected paperback dropped and and uh, Pandemonium was released. We got this five issue comic miniseries called Spiral, uh, which is set one year after the reunification of the two continents on Cash and uh, the, the events of Pandemonium. Uh, and the story here focuses on the adventures of tribal outcast Parlin spinner uh, and his former enemy turned companion Takara Hiltz, uh who's a sith princess daughter of grand lord varner Hiltz, still knocking around and at this point he must be the longest reigning grand lord in in the, in the tribe's history right
1: yeah he's been around
0: he's doing well yep. he's doing well um, so the, the drama and the conflict is provided here by the discovery of more people on Kesh. It's like, oh, there's another bit of land and more people. Uh, here we've got the doomed, um, the descendants of, Dar- of Jedi and Dark Jedi combatants uh, living in this self-imposed exile on Eshkring, uh, the continent at the planet's southern pole. Uh, then matters take a turn for the worse when Spinner releases Sith Lord Remulus Drapa from his imprisonment. Um I've got slightly mixed feelings about this one, Jesse. Did it hit the spot for you or not? It,
1: it, I have mixed feelings too. You could almost okay. pass it up. But you get to see something really cool. You get to see what the hell all of the their myths are about. Like this this where the Skyborne myth came from and where the destructors. Yeah. Like mean, they they talk about the state of the Jedi very briefly. And they they totally pass up that they get unleashed. So I didn't know, you know, I was like, what the hell are they? And so I just thought it was kind of this paused out thing. And when I was reading um, a month ago, I read that comic series, I was really, really pleased to find out all of that. Like, where, where the mythology came from. Because it had been throughout the whole book and throughout the fate of the Jedi. Yeah. And they kept it quiet for, I guess, with the reveal in that comic. So that is why you would read the Read the story. Yeah. (laughs) Is to find out just what I saw. And and a sea cache. That was. I I enjoy the visual cue. Yes. Quite a bit. Yeah.
0: The the art is great and it it is. Super. I mean, because yeah. the cause, Kashiri cause have an interesting aesthetic. They look interesting as an alien species, and and then and they've got these you know, the winged beasts and everything. There's cool stuff there, and and sailing ships and all of that sort of stuff. It's, I, you know, I love I love when Star Wars looks different. You know. Um, and then with so much of it being set on the kind of on the frozen, snowbound southern pole continent, again, it, it kind of gives this whole this this book a completely different this comic book a totally different flavor to anything else that's come in the series as well, which which is an, another nice touch. Um, yeah, I guess we've seen snow stuff, snow planets, and snow ecosystems before, yeah. but um, it's always kind of cool. I like this planet because it's
1: actually a planet. Planet you have deserts and. Poles, yeah, it's not can conf- one actual feature, yeah, like Star Wars, like,
0: yeah, do. indeed. Yeah. Um, how did you get on with Sith Lord Remulus Draper and that con? That sort of he's the big bad who sort of get yeah. gets let loose, and they've got to take him down. I was a
1: little surprised that your your villain for the Sith was a Sith, mm. <laughs> but I okay, yeah it was a little bit uh, more cosmic force coincidence that there's uh, yet again, another ship and another, you know, another, another more Jedi and more Sith on this planet,
0: but I, I got along with him. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you've alluded to my fundamental problem with it, which is just, it's just another coincidence. It's like, Oh, another force sensitive, powerful person has crash landed on this planet. I mean, and yeah. you know, John Jackson Miller being John okay. Jackson Miller, maybe he had he had a plan to account for that. You know, in in, in yeah. the way in the way that he was playing a very long game and something like Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, imagine if the Knights of the Old Republic yeah. comic series had got cut off at issue five or ten, <laughs> you, know, uh-huh.
1: yeah. there, you
0: know, there would have been so much stuff unresolved. And so so maybe some of those quibbles that I've got with this, yeah. I, I don't know if there was a plan to do more. I don't know if there was a plan to tell more stories about the Lost Tribe um but you know cash for whatever reason seems to attract crash landing for sensitives um i just without some explanation it sort of feels a bit too much of a coincidence for me um but that's it i i I did love the idea that of of the these descendants of the jedi and dark jedi combatants living in this self-imposed exile in hiding yeah uh, and that actually the conflict that they sprang from or millennia ago were the stories that then fueled and gave rise to the kashiri religion that caution and the tribe were able to take advantage of in the first place you know they are the Skyborn and the other side and the destructors and all of that um i wasn't expecting that and i really enjoyed no, that. that that that's more classic john jackson miller playing a long game oh, yeah. um that stuff landed really really well for me so yeah i got mixed feelings about it as you know and, and it doesn't feel like a finale finale to this it, no some, i could take the, yeah i mean i could still take several more millennia of stories like this you know yeah. um i i don't know if the fate of the jedi books fill in more of the gaps or tell more of the history in the intervening millennia that are kind of untold you really here.
1: A very you get about two chapters where there, you get a couple of people discussing history okay. so you, you do learn a little more but not not a whole lot like I had read the fate of the Jedi I absolutely adored it uh, you know mm. but
0: you do not all of
1: your questions are going to be answered
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah
1: in, in the end with the rebranding and with that being right at the end of the publishing publishing date
0: we don't have all of the answers we want. yeah I I get that sense from a couple of John Jackson Miller's later projects you know be it, it night errant or this kind of nud, nudging up against the reboot yeah you, you know, I, I just can't help but feel there was a plan for more stories Uh, and and certainly I think you know those are the things for me that where I certainly have an appetite for more you know definitely Um, the Jedi uh, as much as much as I as much as I love canon um, there are things particularly in this sort of ancient end of the timeline that in my in my early years reading canon I kind of thought oh surely they're just going to kind of soft shoehorn this old ancient stuff back in because it's not, it's not in anybody's way. You know, do what you want to do with the sequels, but this stuff isn't in your way. Um, but, you know, and they're peppering, li- they're, they're dropping little things about the Old Republic here and there in canon. But um, I, I don't think we're going to pick up the threads of any of these stories anytime So no, I don't think so. would be nice, but no, I don't think so. Which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we've somehow, I, I think, impressively covered It's short stories, a novella, and a comic mini-series—in just under an hour. Jeff. Oh wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. That's good work. That's good work. Um, before we wrap it up, what what are your final thoughts then on Lost? Lost, read it.
1: Um, there's a lot, a mm. lot to enjoy. there are some that you'll enjoy more than the others, and there's a few that are just going to, like the comic series, you could take it or leave it. But really, really take it because you're going to see where all of it comes from. And that's the reason to read it. But yeah, yeah, read them. You know, you can pick them up one at a time and read them and just have a blast.
0: Yeah, I really like these stories. Um, I, I've read, I guess, the first four probably several times now because I, I had several stalled chronological run throughs of the old Republic, and I kind of stalled a couple of times and I ended up reading the first four uh, a number of times. This year is the first year I've gotten through that whole era now uh, and finished all of these stories, and I really, really like them. Um, plenty of Sith on Sith plotting and action. And I love, love probably my favorite thing about this the stories. Is just this, this idea of how history is created by the victor, <laughs> you know, how how people shape narratives and how people misuse um, narratives, and how over time the things that we think are historical truth are probably complete bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> and that <and> <laughs> you know we just don't know. Yeah, you know we we are relying on. You know, biased accounts from Vic, from right. Victor's, yeah. or, and and just missing pieces, and the fact that all of those ideas are packaged up in a really cool collection of stories about a Sith tribe yeah. in Star Wars in the Star Wars universe is pretty cool to me. Um, so it, it it pushed all those buttons for me. I loved it. I really really liked it. And yeah, the the, the comic miniseries it isn't really a finale as such, but as as Jesse, as as you said, you know. There's some really interesting stuff yeah. in there, um, yeah. tantalizing stuff that, that, t- that ties all the way back to the very first mm-hmm. of these stories. Um, so definitely a good time to be had for my money anyway. Yeah, um, I think that's going to do it for this week then on Legends Library. Um, Jesse, thank you. It's good to have you back on the show. I've missed speaking to you. Sure. Um, uh, Jesse, why don't you tell the folks listening where they can find you if you don't mind being found? Oh,
1: you can find me on Instagram
0: at Legends Twin Sun 1980. Fantastic. Uh, yes, I, I thoroughly enjoy keeping up with what you're reading and what you're listening to, Jess, on, uh, on Instagram and uh, your occasional hot takes in your stories as well. <laughs> uh, and of course, you, folks, you can find me uh, on Instagram and threads as, as at Journals of the Wills and uh, less frequently on Twitter as at at Journals Wills. And of course you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels and there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. That's all for this week. All that remains is to say it's a goodbye from Jesse. Ah, So long. May the force be with you. And it's goodbye from me. Thanks for listening folks and we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community podcast.